You're listening to the Healthcare Biz Brokers Podcast with Ralph Santos, where we'll aim to demystify and to educate on all things that are healthcare business opportunities. Each episode will bring insight to the healthcare business mergers and acquisitions market with an emphasis on your Main Street marketplace. So without any further ado, Let's get this started and welcome to the podcast. Healthcare Biz Brokers does not act in the capacity as a legal, tax, or investment advisor and recommends that each listener to this podcast consult their own attorney, business advisor, and tax advisor as to the legal, business, tax, and related matters concerning the information contained herein. Welcome to the Healthcare Biz Brokers podcast. And today we have... In our, in our studio, two wonderful guests. Uh, they're good friends of ours, and they specialize in the RCFE market. So as you know, here at Healthcare Biz Brokers, we get to the ability, we have the ability to work with a lot of different uh, healthcare business types. One of them is the residential care facility for the elderly. Sometimes you may get uh, may hear the, the term boarding cares. Sometimes you may hear uh, uh, assisted living facilities. Today, in our studio, we have Anna Fabregas and we have Dylan Hull, who are going to go ahead and introduce themselves and talk a little bit about what they do and their experience and maybe hopefully share some some some, some tidbits with our audience. Uh, so without any further ado, Anna, Dylan, it's all you. Hi, I'm Anna Fabregas and we, here we are. Here we <laughs> are. <laughs> so, so Anna, tell us a little bit about you. What, who is Anna Fabregas? So Anna Fabregas in the residential care facility world has been, our family has Mm -hmm. been in the business since 1982. Okay. We've owned and operated residential care facilities from 15 beds to six bed facilities, 13 homes throughout the years. And now we own four beds. I'm I'm sorry, four homes. Mm -hmm. And now we've joined... As consultants, since we have have so much experience together, mm-hmm. and we'd like to share our experience with everybody else. Very nice. Dylan, do you want to throw some, some things out? Yeah, so it's great to be here. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Anna, for uh, giving us some background on your experience, because it's lengthy, it's great, and uh, your family is such a well-known staple in the community. Um, you know, my background really is in healthcare, providing uh, long-term care for older adults. And uh, my family got into the business in the early 90s and has kind of spun off from there. And I mm-hmm. currently own uh, residential care facilities in Thousand Oaks, and I also own a licensed home care service in Thousand Oaks, too. And Anna and I, our worlds collided when we have a uh, mutual mentor and consultant that we used for decades and she retired and brought us together and when um, she brought us together we realized that we would like to be consultants for people just like us that are Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to raise the standard for long-term care in all facility settings of uh, large facilities small facilities and so for the last, uh, I don't know, maybe year, year and a half, we've been hard at it working with our colleagues and helping them provide excellent care. 
Got you, got you. As far as RCFEs, Dylan, Anna, tell me, tell us, tell the the audience a little bit about what is an RCFE. So, um, a little bit about the RCFE. So, residential care facility for the elderly. Uh, these are state licensed facilities. They are considered non medical facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, housing older adults, sixty mm-hmm. years and older, or with conditions similar to older adults. And staff are there around the clock providing assistance with all the activities of daily living. And there's all types of residents that you can have inside of them based on your application Mm -hmm. with the state and your waivers and approvals from hospice residents to dementia residents to, um, you know, post-stroke or Mm -hmm. just, frankly, aging. And they need Mm -hmm. a place to... to Healthy aging is what what I'm getting from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you can you can have niches within the niche, right? So you have your RCFE, and you can have a let's say I want a a, a house of six beds with clients that I cater to memory care, for example, or like you alluded to, maybe I just want a house where I just cater to neurological clients who have had status post, let's say, a stroke. Um, in your experience. What what is the norm? Uh, what do you see out there? What is the uh, if I'm opening up an RCFE today or tomorrow? What should I be looking at? That's a great question. Well, it depends on how much care you want to provide, okay. how much time you want to dedicate, how much you know you have some assisted living facilities that don't require much care and are just um, assisted living that just are that are just minimal care and then you have all the way up to hospice care where they need 24-hour care they even Mm -hmm. need night duty Um, they may even require a sitter um, a nurse etc so it really depends on how much you want to provide for them and how much you want to charge. Gotcha. So you alluded to a few already. I, li- I, li- I like the fact that you talked a little bit about hospice. A hospice, I don't know if I, like, would the term, Anna, or, or Dylan, would the term be a, my, a hospice RCFE, a hospice house, or is there even a term that you would label it at, as? You know, it's interesting. California, there is no facility that would be considered a hospice facility, whereas mm-hmm. in many states, hospice is an actual physical home. Um, so California is a little unique. Uh, you would need to apply for hospice waivers with okay. the state, and then you can have so many hospice residents within your facility. But you have to prove to the state that you can adequately care for individuals through the end of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something we as consultants always recommend to our clients is apply for as many hospice waivers as you can. So that should you have somebody in your care who ages to a place and needs to have end-of-life care, they can be offered that without having to go to further extents mm-hmm. in getting approvals from the state. So hospice is a, is a key component, and having partners in the community who, who are hospice agencies is always very, very important. Now, Dylan, you, you, you brought up a term, and I hear this term all the time. For those listeners who don't know what a waiver is, what, how would you define a waiver? A waiver is an application that you need to apply to the state to get it approved. You basically have to prove to the state that you can care for a hospice patient in your home. So depending on your house, depending on the rooms, depending on your exits, depending on your staff, depending on your status with the state. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not 
grant you a waiver if you have a lot of deficiencies, if yeah. they show that you're not capable of caring for um, a resident on hospice. On hospice. Now here, so we're, I know we're kind of staying with hospice for, 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 a, little, mm-hmm. for a little bit. So if I have a, if I have a, a house with uh, four, four bedrooms, what are some of the things that would allow me to, to, to apply to the state with to say, hey, I have four rooms. I can now take hospice clients. Uh, is there are there certain requirements for each one of my rooms that I should have? Yeah, there there are. Um, you know, you have to have non-ambulatory access and capabilities for residents. So residents that are bed bound, they cannot provide any care for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to prove to the state that you have the physical plant is really capable of having housing those type of residents. Um, and you also have to prove that you have adequate staff um, that have been trained properly to provide all end-of-life care from the non-medical perspective because you're relying mm. on hospice to provide the skilled care for end-of-life treatments. So, yeah, there is there is several steps you'd want to take when you have a facility home that you would like to get approved for hospice Mm-hmm. residents so if i'm a buyer or i'm looking at buying a home that i want to convert into a facility i would call you guys and say hey you know what i want to cater to hospice clients mm-hmm. and you would be able to tell me you know what ralph this is the way we would recommend you do it or how would how would i go about yeah, that yeah absolutely we we would recommend you calling us um, <laughs> yeah and i even to that end you know as we talk about hospice uh, it's great to have that, but you don't want four residents or six residents that are all on hospice. Okay. Because inevitably, in a relatively short time, they're going to they're gonna pass away and you'll mm-hmm. be left with no residents. So, you know, that's one of the things that we help our clients with is diversifying your census or the residents that you have mm-hmm. to capitalize. I know that, that sounds a little heartless at the topic of end of life, but to make sure you have a healthy business to be able to provide for your staff mm-hmm. and to to provide good care you know Dylan, and that and thank you so you just gave me a segue which is perfect so let's talk about the operations uh so uh, again i'm a buyer you guys are giving me advice on on my rcfe i as as a broker i know that bed rent bed rent is probably one of the biggest and most crucial parts of the of the operations of a business why because that's where that's where the revenue comes from that's what allows me to pay my operations and and continue to provide my services tell me a little bit about bed rent as far as how do i charge higher numbers Uh, how do i look at um how do i gauge how much i can charge uh, how, you know, is there a, a way I can find clients, that, those kind of issues? Yes, of course, there are, there are level of care that you can, well, let's start off with basic care. Okay. You would always start off with your first number, I guess. And also, it depends on where you live. The ratios in L.A. County and the ratios in Ventura County are very different. And the difference between city and a house in Pacoima compared to a house in Northridge 
can range also in price. Okay. And just within the city limit. And then also your care, the way you care for patients. Well, let's start at basic services. And then the more care that you provide, the more need the resident needs, mm-hmm. the more you can charge. Gotcha. So, and just to reiterate or clarify, these rates are paid by whom? Well, family. Family pays for these. Yeah, okay. ours is mostly patient um, family. But there okay. are there are um, waivers mm-hmm. that are you know assisted living waivers that some facilities and patients can apply for. Are you referring to the the low cost? ALW. Yeah. 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 Okay. D- different than the waiver. Different than the waiver we were talking about. Thank, but, thank you. Yeah. Yes. But it is. Uh, there are some government plans out there that'll help. Mm-hmm. subsidize mm-hmm. some of the care, but it is considered private pay. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, even the VA has a great program too. And, and to add on to Anna and to your question, Ralph, I think price per bed is always, it is always very important. And as an owner, a future owner, you know, you're looking at what's the revenue that these businesses can generate is it worth it for me to invest in this or to become an operator and i think one of the things that brought anna and i together as consultants was we want to raise the standard of care that these operators or future operators will extend to our older population and uh, if you're looking to get into this business strictly to make a buck we would invite you to not Get into this business because there is lots of time and energy and compassion that you have to devote not only to your residents but to your staff and i think when you're able to show your staff how much you love them and appreciate them and honor the the remarkable care that they deliver bedside then you are able to see the standard of care be elevated Um, and that's really the business that we're in is a people servicing business. But when you can do those things and a family comes in and tours and looks at your building, they're going to sense that energy and they're going to pay five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand $9,000 a month for that bed. And that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen by reading a, a get quick, get rich quick scheme book it takes it takes time and it takes mm-hmm. effort and it takes you know somebody to kind of hold your hand whether that's the your broker like Ralph or or consultants or mentors mm-hmm. um, so I I couldn't we could talk forever about the rent and what you can charge and the the profits and net profits and where your money should be going and how to advertise I mean that is a I mean we we do a whole presentation marketing, marketing campaign for our for our clients on that very topic. So it's an important one. And um, it's something that I think is oftentimes underutilized because most operators are compassionate and caring. And so money is not their motivating factor, but over time it needs to shift because they will not be able to afford certain things and do upgrades and keep up with, with the expense of running a business. You know what, Dylan, you brought up so many wonderful things. Um, so one of the, one of the, one of the uh, reasons that we get called all the time is, Hey, Ralph, I want to sell my business. And I'm like, okay, th- tell me why. And most of the time it's because we have beautiful 
clinical or people with a lot of empathy who really care about other people, they, they start, they open up these RCFEs with all the right intentions, but then they, they lack that, that business knowledge and therefore their business starts to kind of fall apart a little bit, right? So they're either not charging enough bed rent, they're not finding those clients, they're not finding those staff members, they're not building that correct culture, something's going awry. And so that's when they, they call us. And so you brought up a bunch of wonderful things. Uh, let me start off with, um, you, you alluded to you guys talking or teaching about advertising, marketing with your clients. I think that's crucial. So whenever we get clients, I tell them, if you're able to generate referrals and in the RCFE world is, can I fill my beds? Then you're going you're gonna to do all right. If you can't fill those beds, well, it's going to be an issue. And so talk, can you guys talk a little bit without giving too much away, but enough to allow the, uh, the listeners to know, hey, what are some avenues that I can use when it comes to finding clients for marketing my RCFE? I would say the first most important thing to do is the existing clients you have right now be with that client. That is like I tell people, if you have a client that needs to go to the doctors, to church, to their family members' parties, and you only have a handful of clients, go with them. That's your advertisement right there. Bring a card. Hand their card out to that doctor's office, to that nurse, and show mm-hmm. that you're caring. Show that you, you're you interested. If, they, if people see that you're interested in the existing clients you have and that you care for them, then that will, that will continue. That's number one. Great and point. I really think that people see what you do. Your actions speak louder than words. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, number one. After that, there's lots of avenues you can do. So yeah. to, to kind of add, though, we're going to this is embarrassing. This is much. the embarrassed Anna point in the, in the show. Um, I, I have been privied to be around Anna when she's around her residents. And I have to say, I have never seen anyone so loving and caring genuinely, sincerely with her clients as Anna is. And I believe that 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 strong bond that, that Anna creates, it's not just to talk. It, it, it's actually real. And I do believe that's probably the strongest marketing tool you, that we have in the industry, I would say, yes. is being able to make those connections with those people. Oftentimes, so I, my background, I'm an, I'm an occupational therapist, right? But I, when I saw my patients, I would, I would tell myself, um, some of these people have never been hugged. Some of these people just want to talk to someone. Some of these people just want to connect. And they know when you are sincere or when you're just there just because... Well, it's another paycheck or whatever you want to call that, right? So, 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 yeah. So, 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 Anna, can you keep going a little bit on, on your on your marketing stuff? We've all these years, we never had a brochure. We don't have a website. It's all about okay. Well, we've been in business for a very long time, so we are taking care of the next generation. If you make, if you take care of the people and the family members. You know, they will talk well about you. They will they will speak well about you and mm-hmm. your business, and they will remember you. And when it's time for them to be cared for, they will call you. Beautiful. But I would say, you know, always continue. Don't give up. You know, if you need to go to the hospitals, if you go to the case managers, 
if you go to social workers, um, any events, charity events, you know, always show your face. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from our consulting perspective, we offer a marketing campaign. And part of that campaign is us sitting with our clients, uh, RCFE owner or future owners, and going through a line item list of marketing objectives. Um, mm -hmm. Those go from building a leads program of all your leads, all your accounts that could be giving you referrals and what your approach is to each one of them. Okay, so if I'm going to go to a hospital, who am I contacting? If I'm going to a doctor's office, who am I talking to? What kind of doctor do I go to um, for marketing purposes? If I'm going to go to a skilled nursing facility, who do I talk to? What do I say? How do I present myself? What do I bring? What do I leave? When do I follow up? And there's so many things that you could really do when it comes to marketing because there are so many people who know people who are aging. So we offer really a, a kind of a, a good approach, in my opinion, to marketing from um, really raising the standard of a level of care to also knowing how to approach the market if you're brand new. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Uh, so moving forward a little bit. So again, I'm Mr. Buyer. I'm coming to you guys. And I want you guys to kind of to guide me. Tell me. I use the word power team all the time. So I'm looking for my power team. And my power team obviously would include you guys as my RCFE consultants. Who else would you think or would you recommend to be on, on this team to guide me to be part of my team going forward? Well, I think that you, you need kind of a family around you of professionals. And that starts with your you know, I think legal representation, mm -hmm. your broker, your consultant. But I think once you put your feet on the ground, it's a matter of having a home health care provider who you have a relationship with, your hospice provider, perfect, um, your DME supplier, your, um, you know, food and beverages mm -hmm. supplier. And so I, I think that there's a lot of different people out there that you need to build relationships with all of which could be referral sources as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, I hope, hopefully that answers your question of it, who do you lean on? It does. Yeah. It does. As far as, let's say I'm looking for a specific lawyer or a specific accountant. Do you guys know, are, there's, are there lawyers and accountants that just, this is their niche and they work with RCFE company, um, businesses? Yeah, we, we had a client recently call us and uh, was really struggling with, with uh, employment law. Okay. And while I can act like an attorney, I don't want to. <laughs> um, that is something that we would refer off to a labor law attorney who specializes in um, home care or assisted living facilities, which is, you know, the wage hour five or wage hour mm -hmm. 15. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there are very specific attorneys who we would recommend, um, as I know you would, too. It's just trying to find the right fit for whoever it is I, I completely agree yeah so again i'm gonna jump on that one thank you so dylan's just perfect he, he, he just throws out the next thing i'm gonna talk about which i love so having said that can you guys talk a little bit about um your experiences with with either with specific clients without mentioning names right specific clients um stories you want me want to share about about your experiences in the consulting world with the with our rcfe business either business sellers or business buyers i'll give you a story so we we have a we have an rcfe seller right now 
um, here in the Valley. And she told me a really nice um, story, which I really liked. Um, she told me whenever her family, um, the residents' family members come to the facility, she always makes sure that she feeds them. So she wants the family members to have a meal with their loved ones in the facility. And so I, I, uh, I took that and I asked her a little bit about, you know, the rationale. And she goes, because I want our residents to be felt as though, you know, this is their home and their family are part of our family. And it was a nice, it was, it was a nice experience for me because I had never, you know, taken that, that approach. And it kind of dovetails on what you guys said earlier about taking care of your loved ones. And, and this would also mean taking care of the family as well as they come into the homes, right? Yes. Yeah. It's very important to help them de-stress. Mm-hmm. It's a stressful situation that they're walking into, mm-hmm. whether it's the family member, the resident, the buyer, the seller, et cetera. You want to help them de-stress the situation as much as possible. And I would imagine part of that. So I know for us, part of that de-stress is showing them that we know what we're doing. Right. Let me let me guide you. And let me take away that that anxiety, right. that fear of the unknown, so that I can, through my experiences as a RCFE consultant, I can go ahead and I'll show I'll show you what not to do and what you really need to focus on. Is that kind of what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Well, we were going to share about some of our teachings that we've oh, done. Oh, okay. And one of the teachings that we've done that we enjoy the most is um, well, that I think one of our most successful teachings that we've done for some of our, they need um, is like dementia care. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. hospice care. Well, we also need dementia care. Yes. Well, the state requires us to do so many hours every year. And one of our, one of our um, eight hour training we had to do is uh, we play role play. And, and, nice. and, by showing them how to do it properly and also how to do it wrong Mm -hmm. makes them see it you know and and i think that's um it it was a successful experience without naming names on where we did it or how we did it okay because especially with dementia you are we see a high um i guess there are more and more clients that we see right now, more and more residents that we care for with dementia. And how you treat a dementia patient is mm-hmm. very important. So how mm-hmm. you approach them is mm-hmm. what we, we we try to focus on in our training. You know, I think it's important. I mean, understanding not only the dementia or Alzheimer's continuum, but also where are these clients? I mean, are they on the early stage of right. of, of the process or the later stage? Um, are they aggressive clients? Are they are they are they are they really calm clients? What kind of medications are they on? Right. What are the side effects of some of these medications? Right. And how do I, as a caregiver, fit into that that picture? Yeah, it's funny you say that. When it comes to dementia, understanding what type of dementia it is mm-hmm. is is so important. And if you look at any physician's report or di- doctor's diagnosis, mm-hmm. out of 100, they'll all say dementia. Not right. one of them will say vascular, Lewy body, frontal lobe, Parkinson's. Yes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just in knowing what type it is will help you be a better caregiver. Mm-hmm. So um, Anna's right. It, it's it is fun for us to do consulting where we're educating and teaching our clients mm-hmm. and caregivers. Um, it's really where the rubber meets the road. I think uh, 
what I would say when it comes to our experiences with consulting that's been also interesting is a lot of uh, our clients are coming to us brand new in the market and they're trying to find a facility to buy, whether that's a client of Ralph's or it's somebody that we mutually are working together with. Um, they'll call us and want us to come look at listings with them to buy. Mm -hmm. And what's been kind of eye-opening is looking at some of the facilities that are currently or existing facilities and um, seeing what's happening inside of there and to be able to recommend our our clients to proceed or not to proceed and, and why and why not. And um, it, it is kind of an interesting um, situation as we walk through the process with them, um, but very simple things that they would never know being brand new, mm -hmm. like how wide is that door? Are you going to have to rip out that door and put in a new 36 inch door versus a 32 inch door? Or, you know, is this, is this an up to code window or do you have to put in all new windows? So there's a lot of little things that licensing requires that a new operator who's not licensed, doesn't have their certificate, they just wouldn't know unless they were with a consultant who was able to say to them, hey, price per bed for this home because of X, Y, and Z is going to go through the roof. Whereas mm -hmm. that home, you're going to be capped at this amount of money because of these um, limitations. You know what, Dylan? perfectly said we and, and, and like you alluded yes we also go through the same education process with our clients and um, one thing that we've noticed is that when we do walkthroughs through through existing rcfes a lot of these rcfes have been grandfathered in so there's certain things that are not not in that house that licensure may want from a new buyer or a new a new operator right so it's really important that that buyer understand yes that that facility that house has a license today but tomorrow when i buy it and i go through my own licensing survey well that facility may not no, may not pass because of x y and z that were not done 10 years ago when this other operator put it in place. And do you guys see that a lot? I've seen it as most of the older houses have small hallways. Mm -hmm. And so like we walked into that nice home in anyways, in Chatsworth and you needed to put a door, but if you add a door to the hallway, it won't be 36 inches anymore because the hallway is only 36 inches. Mm -hmm. So it'd be difficult. We were trying to figure out how we're going to put a door there. And these are the things that we tell that these, this is, I guess, part of our consulting right. is to walk in there and to say, Hey, look at this hallway. It's only 34 inches mm -hmm. where you need 36 inches. If you plan on having non-ambulatory clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also, um, one of the misunderstandings is that if you are a buyer comes in and buys an existing facility, there is no transfer of license. You well, cannot folks. transfer a license. You're not buying a license. You have to apply for a new license. And that is where Anna and I come in to help them because that can be a lengthy process. And you have to figure out what does that look like from the day you take ownership to when you get your new license. And that could mm -hmm. be, uh, one month, three months, six months, nine months, a year until you get that license. And so Anna and I are sensitive to this and we have some tricks in of, of the trade that'll help our clients um, really get their license approved quickly. And in the interim, what to do. 
So I think that hopefully answers or addresses a little bit of your your um, question about the grandfathering in is once a, a new buyer comes in and buys it, that license will eventually go away and you have to follow all the new regulations. You know what, and, and part of our education is just that. We, of, we often get buyers who want to buy a turn, they call them turnkeys. And a turnkey operation, you just give me the key and, you know, I'll take over. These are not necessarily going to be that way. There is a process. Uh, and so that's, that's what we do as well with our clients. One thing that I, 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 I do stress to a lot of our clients is when you go in to buy a business, the chemistry between you and that seller is crucial, right? So if you and that seller don't see eye to eye or your, your, the way you operate a business is not quite the same that I tell our, our, our buyers, you know, but let's think twice about it. Um, with regards to um, the going back to, to the modifications on a house with, with you guys, what, what do you recommend? Again, I'm RCFE buyer. I'm going into a house that I want to buy. It's an existing facility. Do I bring my contractor with me? For sure, I'm going to bring you guys, right, with me. What are the steps? What should I be looking for? I mean, I think there's a lot of things you want to pay attention to. Uh, I think having some, you know, structural engineer or a general contractor who's able to take a look at it. Um, I mean, I would recommend that for anybody buying a home so that you have a pretty good idea of what you're getting into. But I, I think understanding some of the very simple regulations would help as you consider this becoming a licensed facility. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know that you want to show up with a whole team of contractors, brokers, consultants when it's an operating facility because gotcha. you've got residents in there and you got staff in there. So I can't imagine anybody would ever do that, but mm -hmm. you never know. Um, I think being sensitive to the whatever the situation is. I completely agree. So going on, going on to that, God didn't love you. COVID. Can we talk a little bit about COVID and how COVID has been affecting? It's affected all of our lives, obviously. Yes, absolutely. 100%. What about the RCFE world, Anna? What, what would you say? It has changed our world 100%. I can't exactly recall the date. March, I want to say March 18, but mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. But once we went on lockdown, um, it really changed our culture. I just want to talk about the small facilities Mm -hmm. that was difficult enough, but I can't imagine the large facilities that have opened doors that they couldn't lock. I mean, they can only recommend for a lockdown to keep the viruses out or the COVID-19 out of the facilities. But for you to tell family members, nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists, et cetera, that they can't come in to visit their patients or their loved ones was very difficult. And then to tell the residents what was happening outside, you know, of the home that they couldn't go out and they couldn't have their family members come see them was heartbreaking to most of them. So it was a very, very hard time at the beginning and it still is difficult now, but I think, you know, in time, things get easier and better mm -hmm. and it becomes more of a culture, but things just changed, especially when it, when there was a time when everybody had to stay in their room when they couldn't even eat together. At the beginning, at least it was a communal problem. People can talk about 
COVID-19 and what's happening outside. But then the state asked everybody to stay in their rooms, even if there wasn't a problem in the facilities. So that changed a lot. It, you know, a lot of people got depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, we did try, at least in our homes that we know of, you know, a lot of the homes that we were talking with, we have technology today with FaceTime, Zoom, um, thank God for telephone calls, a lot of windows, you know, the families would come and they would be on the stand patio, outside the stand window. outside the windows. Yeah. We had so many of those. We made appointments okay. um, because we couldn't have six family members at the same time outside the same window. But yeah, it was sad um, when we did have patients that were sick without COVID, just sick and had to go to the emergency room. You couldn't follow your patient into the emergency room and explain to them what the problem was. You literally just dropped them off and handed them a piece of paper and hoped that, and, and then they would call you from the car to explain what the problem was. That's very difficult, and, and it's just a big change, and it hasn't stopped. No, I, I think that the fact that we, we're, we're dealing with mostly older, older clients. Yes, um, very and, frail. And, and, the, and this happens to be the target of this, of this pandemic. Uh, a right. lot of our older clients with poor or low Im- immune systems and right. so forth. So therefore, it makes it a little bit difficult for, for our industry, for the RCFE industry to kind of, you know, what do we need to do? Well, that's the that's thing. We had to provide with... PPEs. We didn't have to use those things before. Right. At the beginning, it was where did you, where were you going to find these things? You know, people went crazy with toilet paper, but it wasn't just toilet paper we needed. We in our facilities needed masks, gloves, wipes, hand sanitizers, where we couldn't find these things at the beginning. Right. So it was difficult. I mean, thank God mm-hmm. today, you know, we were able to get more, you know, and the state stepped up and started giving us more. Mm-hmm. But it's it was difficult. You know, it is getting better. Thank goodness. Um, you know, but yeah, it is. What COVID-19 are you even talking about? <laughs> oh, Dylan. Where have I been for I, four I, months? I, who knows? <laughs> you know, uh, I would agree with Anna. It, yeah. It's been such an interesting thing to experience. And as you were saying, it it doesn't matter if you have political opinions on who's doing what, why we are in this mess. Our population is at the brunt of it. And knock on wood, thank God, Anna and myself, we have no positive residents or staff, but we have several clients that we work with who, who do have high numbers of COVID positive residents and COVID positive staff members that we are constantly working with right now to help them prepare and to help them isolate and help them follow the regulations and to minimize the spread of this virus. And, you know, it's, it is hard because you we're at a point, I think now where everybody's sick and tired of, you know, all the precautions, but we are dealing with it every day and it's real and it's, it is frightening because we also see the number of deaths that are coming from COVID positive as the cause of death. So it is, uh, it's definitely changed to the marketplace and changed kind of how we do things and view things and um, train staff. So 
Yeah, I wish I wish it never came over here, but it, it's here. It's here. We have to deal with it now, and I, I'm sure one day this too shall pass. So moving on to something more positive, mm-hmm. where do you guys see the RCFE marketplace in five, ten years from now? Well, uh, you know, when you say RCFE, uh, we're rep- we're representing the large and the small facilities. So I, I would say yes. Yeah. So I, I would uh, say there is going to be an ever growing need for um, assisted living beds for older adults, and that number is going is going to only increase over the next fifteen to twenty years. Just mm-hmm. looking statistically at the demographics of our aging population. Yeah, the baby boomers. And everybody knows that. Anyone who's listening is listening because they know there's interest and there's value in this market and and all those different things. But um, I think we're going to see big shifts. I think we're going to see Medicare, CMS get more involved in home-based care and assisted living. Uh, They're tired of paying hospitals and skilled nursing facilities outrageous amounts of money per day for care. And they would rather see that money go into settings like assisted living and home health and hospice because it's going to save CMS uh, a lot of money, Medicare and Medicaid dollars. So I think we'll see changes in skilled nursing facilities. I think that more residents, patients at the hospital will come straight home and they'll need more care higher level of care and they'll be utilizing home health they'll be utilizing home care and they'll be going straight into assisted living facilities and rely on them for more and more i will use the air quotes non-medical care Mm -hmm. but we know that it's going to be more medical care than ever inside these assisted living homes so i think that's a big change i i would also add that the staff the caregivers is a huge area of concern. And from somebody who owns a home care company, I know the one-on-one caregiving, uh, one of the biggest limitations is having staff, adequate staff to provide for all of your clients. And one of the reasons that the assisted living world is so successful is because you don't need one-on-one caregivers. You can have one caregiver to every six, seven, sometimes more residents. And so your concern of your staffing ratio is a little bit more put to rest when you have an assisted living facility because of those numbers, those ratios. Right, right. But there is a, there is definitely a lack of caregivers across the board, and it's going to get harder and harder to find great caregivers to provide care to the aging population. So we're going to have to mm-hmm. get more creative. I know we've seen the government already increase higher you know, a minimum wage. But I think there's more changes to come when it, when we look at labor. You know what? I, I, I do too. I think that uh, a lot of, a lot of changes should have come a long time ago and now they're just taking a little bit longer to evolve and to come into play. So I completely, and I, I believe when it comes to caregivers, it's not just having good caregivers, but educated, trained caregivers that understand that this is not just a job. This is not, you're not at a, at a factory, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with human beings, you're working with, with, uh, with people's lives on a day-to-day basis in a non-skilled setting, right? Moving forward, again, tell us a few tips. Um, I'm Mr. Buyer, or I'm Mr. Entrepreneur, and I want to get started. How do I get started? Call us. We'll, okay. we'll point you in the right direction. Okay. You know, we do know, I guess, being in this business, we've been, we do know a lot of people. We do know Ralph, honestly. Um, we do know that 
There are a lot of facilities out there that are of the older generation that have been in the business for a long time that want to sell. Mm-hmm. The state has been changing their laws. They're used to the older times where it was so easy to just, it was just about caring. And now there's a lot of paperwork. As we said, the state, you know, it, we are becoming, we, yes, we are non-medical, but because we are becoming more medical, um, the state is requiring more and more where the older generation doesn't want to do that. All they want to do is care for the patient. So they are looking to sell mm-hmm. their facilities or sell their businesses. So there are more available. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is a, is a, is a, mid, a, a mind shift, right? Yes. Uh, so I call it the new guard. The new guards coming in. So we're, we're, we're finding more and more younger buyers coming in mm-hmm. to take over the RCFEs yes. with, a, with a, new, a, new, a new perspective on, on the care they're going to give to the RCFE resident, right? right. And I, 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 I just read an article not too long ago about even, even the residents are, 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 are now are, have changed as well. So now we have residents who are healthier. Uh, we have residents who are much more techie. They want that Wi-Fi. They want the yes. streaming videos and so forth. The iPads. The iPads. Yeah. So we have a lot, a lot of changes that are happening in, in, within the industry on a micro level as well that are very, very vital and important. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that that's going to also be a big, a big change for current owners who haven't adjusted and new owners who are entering that may now want to get a bigger piece of the market based on their new marketing skill or techniques, I would say, their new right. strategies. Dylan, you want to say something? Yeah, I agree with Anna 100%. <clears throat> I think um, one of the questions that probably should be asked by someone looking to get into this business is why? Why are you interested? Why are you considering this? And I think if your sole purpose is I got money and I want to invest it because I want a high yield on my return, then don't come here. Don't come into this business because there's so much more to it than making a, a, a dollar on a dollar. It is about compassion. It's about responsibility. It's about teaching. It's about lifting. It's about, um, you know, helping individuals care for other people. And um, I have four kids and I bring my kids to our facilities and they are able to watch my caregivers deliver hands-on care to our residents. And it's priceless because they're able to see a human caring for another human. And um, I think that's what this is about. And it just so happens that these can be very successful businesses, which is a huge bonus. Um, And that's... um, I, I think it, it is. It's important for operators to really ask themselves those questions. And if they're not sure, then go volunteer in one of the facilities. Go get a job at one of the facilities. See how they operate. See how you can interact with coworkers and with older adults because sometimes it, it can be very uncomfortable if you've never done it before, interacting mm-hmm. and caring for an older adult with aging elements like dementia or Parkinson's, um, you know, or some aging, aging condition. So I, I do think though, it's, um, we, we find ourselves in an interesting place with an aging population that is just growing astronomically. And there has to be 
the right type of organizations out there caring for them. And it goes back to that question. Why are you doing it? Well said. You know, I'm a firm believer. Do the right thing. The rest will come. The money will come. Right. It just, it just, it's, it's just part of the, uh, the universe. It just, it, it'll, it, it'll, it'll come together. With that said, let's go ahead and take a real quick break. And then, and then we'll wrap up uh, with the best practices right after. You're listening in to the Healthcare Biz Brokers Podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Have you ever thought about entering the world of business sales? Depending on your personality and experiences, we can help create a niche for you. But this is not for the faint of heart. If you're self-motivated, disciplined, and looking to jump into the deep end, we have limited spaces available for one-on-one mentorship opportunities. If you think you have what it takes, call our team at 888-736-2911 or email at info at healthcarebizbrokers.com. And we're back. This this is the, the we're finally we're, we're this is the final part of our show. And then this part is where we ask our guests to share with us what we call our best practices. What's one or maybe two things that you would recommend going forward for an RCFE buyer, an RCFE operator, anything to do with that aspect of the business? My first recommendation is don't get in this practice if you don't love elderly people. That's the number one thing. Um, the next thing is have time. If you don't have time, if you think you're coming in and you can just start a business and walk away, that's not this type of business. So have time. So one is you have to have a heart and you have to have time. Love it. Yes. Well said. Thanks. Well said. You know, there's so many things uh, that I would recommend, but I, I think... Uh, we haven't really talked much about the state and licensing and yeah. So uh, what I would, what I would probably say is and remind listeners is this is a highly regulated space industry. It's regulated by department of social services, CCLD or continuing care licensing division. And they have their hand in how we operate and how we work and their goal is to really help support operators a lot of people don't think that they think they're out there to cite us and give us deficiencies and make life difficult for us but anna and i are of a philosophy that they are here to help us Uh, i have worked for the state and i know that the state genuinely wants to help operators they want to protect operators from litigation and from all the bad things that can happen out there so one of the things i would suggest is that you pay attention to that there's a lot of liability personal liability on the on the hands of the operator and that's one area that we can help with is navigating through regulations and through the state the other, I guess, recommendation that I would have for anyone is to not be cheap. And I know that you know mm. you may sound a, a little harsh, but uh, you know, with with re- relation to your caregivers, they are everything to you. And if you are cheap with them, then 
everyone can feel that. And when you bring a family in and tour, you better make sure that the focus is on your staff because they are, they'll make us or break us. And so I think uh, really, if you are not a people person, make sure you have somebody that is and that you're able to spend time helping develop your staff. And uh, yeah, I go back to not, don't be cheap because oftentimes staff are underpaid. And mm-hmm. it's because operators yes. are not charging enough and they're not making enough. So it, it's a vicious circle that you can find yourself in. So call us and we'll help you make more money. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. You know what? I want to say thank you, Anna, Dylan. It's been a true pleasure. I hope that our listeners were able to get uh, an iota, hopefully, but uh, more than that from you guys. I mean, it's been so, at least for me, it's been very enriching. And I thank you guys for, for taking the time today to come in and, and, and record this session. And hopefully, if we have anyone out there interested, how can they get a hold of you guys? You know, we really don't do much advertising. It's all word of mouth. Uh, so I would invite listeners, if you're interested, to call or text us and that number is 805-208-5562 or you can look us up at www.caconsultantsonaging.com but uh, call us text us um and if you if that doesn't work then reach out to ralph and he knows right where to find us i will put you in contact with pleasure. Thank you guys. And thank all of our listeners for listening to the Healthcare Biz Brokers podcast. It was a pleasure today. We had a lot of fun and hopefully going forward, we'll have more exciting guests like Dylan and Anna, uh, like we had today. Thank you guys for joining us and have a be safe out there. All of you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you check out our website at healthcarebizbrokers.com and get more information. And see you next time as we discuss all things healthcare business. Nothing herein constitutes an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to purchase any securities, nor does it constitute an endorsement with respect to any investment area or vehicle. Certain information and opinions included in this podcast and certain information and opinions used to form beliefs included in this podcast have been obtained from third-party sources believed to be accurate and appropriate for consideration, but have not been independently verified by healthcare biz brokers.